The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My esteemed host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is with us. And, you know, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. We're really excited to have Dr. Daniel Goleman. His new book, Focus, The Hidden Driver of Excellence. We're going to be talking about that. We have a series of questions and for him to tell us a little bit more about that uh, book. He also just completed a uh, CD that gives some of the the techniques around focus, techniques uh, for excellence. Both of these, the book Focus and the CD, you can find at www.morethansound.net. That's www.morethansound.net. Let me tell you a little bit about Dan, uh, and then I'll bring Kathy on, and then we'll jump into asking Dan some questions. So many of us know Dan as the author of the number one international bestseller, Emotional Intelligence. In this new book, Focus, he offers groundbreaking look at today, what's our scarcest resource? And also the secret of high performance and fulfillment. What is that? Attention. In the book, he uncovers some of the science of attention in all its varieties, presenting a groundbreaking look at this overlooked and underrated asset and why it matters enormously for how we feel and succeed in life. And then to get at some of the practical techniques, he has the CD, Cultivating uh, Focus, which is a series of guided exercises to help hone the concentration, stay calm, better manage your emotions. Again, www.morethansound.net. I'll say a little bit more about Dan. You know, his 1995 book, uh, Emotional Intelligence, uh, argued that human competencies like self-awareness, self-regulation, empathy, add value to cognitive abilities in many domains of life, from workplace effectiveness to leadership to health and relationships. Uh, children are better prepared for life when they're taught these emotional and social skills. And the book was on the New York Times bestseller list for a year and a half with more than 5 million copies in print worldwide. It has been the bestseller throughout Europe, Asia, Latin America, and translated into nearly 30 languages. And Dan just told us he just came back from a three-week tour uh, focusing on his book, Focus, over in Europe. So, Kathy, welcome, and let me uh, introduce you for folks that don't know Dr. Kathy Greenberg. Kathy coaches leading executives and entire companies on her proven happiness equals profit work-life strategies. Kathy has been named the first lady of happiness by ABC TV. Dr. Greenberg has offered multiple books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know and uh, What Happy Working Mothers Know. And she has a brand-new series coming out called Fearless Leaders. 
that will be out at the start of the new year, which will focus more on how you can be a fearless leader and improve your uh, leadership. You can find more about Kathy and myself at ExcelInstitute.com, where you have more information about some of our joint programs. So, Kathy, welcome. Thank you, Riley. I appreciate that. Yeah, the new name of the book is Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus, How the New Science of Mindfulness Can Help You Reclaim Your Confidence. So I'm very excited about having Dan on the show today to talk more about his new book, and it's going to be a very exciting I know, a very exciting dialogue. So we want to get into that as quickly as possible. And so um, perhaps uh, before we do that, I can introduce my esteemed co-host on the show, Dr. Relly Nadler, and make sure that everybody knows about the great tips and tools you have available. Um, Dr. Relly Nadler, for those of you who don't know, um, is a master-level certified executive coach. He's also a psychologist and corporate leadership and team trainer. And, of course, Relly brings his legendary expertise and emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes and consulting and coaching and development work. His book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, obviously provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries. And, of course, his work is very highly respected along with his iApp, which, again, is also free. It's called Leadership Keys, and it's available at the iTunes Store. You can get more information about uh, my work, my iApps, uh, all of the new programs around fearless leaders and the science of mindfulness and Relly's work on emotional intelligence at our joint website called excelinstitute.com, www.excelinstitute.com, where you can actually learn how emotional engagement meets performance. So, Relly, um, how do you want to get started here? Well, let's, let's bring on Dan. I'll say a couple more words, and, and then uh, we'll bring Dan on. You know, if you go to morethansound.net, you also have some of his other recent books, The Brain and Emotional Intelligence, uh, New Insights in Leadership, The Power of Emotional Intelligence, and uh, a fair amount of his interviews with key folks. He has a master leadership program. So, Dan, welcome to the well, call. Well, thank you, really. Thank you, Kathy. Good to be here again. Yeah, we're really happy that uh, that you're here. And, you know, both Kathy and I are in organizations every day really applying a lot of the skills of emotional intelligence. And so we want to, we got a series of questions. We want to check in with you first. You know, how did this book come about uh, around focus? What was well, the back story? Uh, you know, I wrote emotional intelligence uh, in large part because there had been back in the mid-'90s when I was thinking about it, uh, an upsurge of new findings about the brain and emotions that have real implications for our personal lives, for our work lives, and for leadership. And because of that, I decided to write that book. And I found that the same thing has happened again with attention. All of a sudden, in the last two, three years, there's this upsurge of findings about how attention operates, why it's so vital for top performance, and how it matters for leaders by implication. So there you go. Wrote another book. <laughs> that you know, it's it's fascinating that we are able to see so many wonderful connections between the neuroscience um, capabilities that we've been increasing, along with our anthropology. I mean, I love in the book you talk about the importance of the amp uh, the the anthropocene, the person who can who can see across some of these um, categories and, and industries from an anthropologist's point of view. So you know, we have neuroscience, we have anthropology, um, and 
so many other components. Let me ask you, tell us about why um, you found attention and focus among so many of these um, other human well, traits to be You know, it drive. turns out that attention is embedded in any human talent, in any expertise, in any competence. So what makes a leader, uh, as, you, as you put it, a you know, top 10% star performer, uh, begins with their ability to concentrate. If you cannot pay attention, if you can't put your focus on your goals, on what you need to do, on the person in front of you, you can't lead. And it, it's that simple. Uh, so it starts with paying full attention. And um, and so you're in your book, you know, advocating. So that's the key driver. And, you know, I just listened to a couple of your other uh Interviews, one with Mirabai Bush, who we're going to have on the show. Uh-huh. Um, and you had talked about a study, and I, I have to kind of mind myself, that when you're with someone and you put your cell phone out on the table, you want to talk about that study that you talked about? <laughs> well, you know, this gets to exactly why now it's not just the neuroscience that has brought attention to the forefront. It's the fact that attention is a capacity under siege. And it's under siege by uh, the digital world, by our tech toys, by our phones, by our tweets, by our Facebook, by our roaming the web, by Facebook. Everything that distracts us is eating away at our attention. And as I said, a leader needs that full attention in order to do uh, his or her best. So, you know, that was why uh, I was talking to Mirabai about this study where if two people are getting together and one of them puts a cell phone on the table, it introduces an element of anxiety. Is that going to ring? Is it going to take that person's attention away from me? The other person is thinking. Because that's what happens. There was a word introduced in 2007, Time Magazine wrote back then, uh, that uh, it was pizzled, a combination of puzzled and pissed off. And it was how people felt when the person you're with uh, takes out their BlackBerry, remember BlackBerry's night, this was 2007, yeah. disappeared now, uh, and talks to someone else. You feel a little upset. Well, that was five years ago. Now that's the norm. It, it, it's, it's a little insidious the way things have shifted so that intrusions on full connection, intrusions on our personal concentration and our personal uh, space of attention are becoming more and more common. Uh, and and more and more subtle. And that's why I think we have to take full control of our attention now more than ever. Now, you talk about focus aligning with emotional intelligence, and you said you had to rethink that a little bit. So what what distinctions have you made this time? Well, what I realized when I got into the neuroscience is that the circuitry for attention is interwoven with a circuitry for emotions and managing emotions, particularly managing emotions, distressing emotions, and that uh, abilities like self-awareness or self-management or relationship awareness or relationship management, which are the four main domains of emotional intelligence, can be reconceived in terms of attention. So self-awareness is, you know, placing attention on yourself and self a management means using that attention to notice what's happening and to handle it. And uh, social awareness, relationship awareness, empathy, that's an act of attention. You only know what's going on with the other person when you're able to tune into them. 
And you put all that together for the relationship skills, you know, influence, persuasion, motivation, mm. are the things that are the more obvious leadership competencies. But if you don't have that base and attention, you're not going to have, be able to display yeah. those competencies. You know, Dan, as you're saying this, what I'm thinking about, which is interesting, and I, and I know, you know, uh, I've been, you know, following your work for a long time, and, and Kathy also, and organizations trying to bring this to life. But it sounds like what you're saying in other ways is that the attention is the fuel that really can kind of drive your emotional intelligence, uh, you know, in all those aspects. That obviously, if you don't have the fuel, you know, it's like a car that's sputtering and can't go anywhere. That's exactly right, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that happens, I was just writing a blog for Harvard Business Review this morning about that. <laughs> Actually, attention, uh, sustained effortful attention, which is what you need to bring to work and to you know, get things done, to get your goals and so on, it actually consumes energy in the brain. Mm-hmm. The brain runs on glucose, and it can run out. And uh, there are two ways to sputter in, in attention. One is because you're distracted. The other is because you're pushing it too far and too hard. Uh, we, it, there's a, uh, you need to also rest. You need a way to recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, some companies actually are introducing naps, nap rooms. I was at Huffington Post the other day. There are two nap rooms. Both of them were occupied when I was there. Uh, and the reason is that a midday nap, it turns out, reboots the brain so that it's like you woke up fresh in the morning. Well, Dan, if you'll just bear with us for one minute, we're going to go to a quick break. So don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. 
Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles of Top Performers. Hey, we're talking with Dr. Daniel Goleman. His new book, uh, Focus, The Hidden Driver of Excellence, can be one of the ways that you can be a top performer. So we're really talking about attention. And one of the things, Dan, uh, that you have in your book that's been kind of popularized is this 10,000 hours of practice. And so you kind of get into it and maybe give it a little tweak. What would you say about, you know, this 10,000 hours? And then also you kind of you can say a little bit about what a smart practice is. Well, 10,000 hours of practice may or may not uh, bring you to the top of your game. And the reason is this. If you're a so-so golfer and, you know, you have a so-so golf stroke and you practice that golf stroke in a so-so way, 10,000 hours, you're still going to have the same poor golf stroke. What's missing there uh, is what the fellow who came up with the 10,000 hours said you need to get to the top of your game for, you know, people who are the best performers in any domain this is a psychologist named Anders Erickson. He's at the University of Florida. And he found that 10,000 hours, first he discovered it with violinists. He found that the first violin, you know, an, an orchestra has a first chair, second mm-hmm. chair, third chair. First violinist had practiced 10,000 hours, second, 7,500, and so on. Mm. Uh, however, he also said, well, it's not enough just to practice that sheer number of hours. You have to do it in a smart way, and the smart way is you have an expert eye, a coach, someone who is really uh, a master of that domain, who's looking at how you do it and giving you feedback on what you should practice next to improve your game, to get better and better and better. This is what a, a really fantastic executive coach would do, for example. This is what every uh, professional singer, every professional athlete who is at the top of their game has, a coach, and a coach who gives them continual recommendations on what they can practice next to get better and better. People who are only amateur, Erickson found, will practice about 50 hours, and however good they are at that point, uh, they stabilize there. They don't have that expert feedback that that gives you the continuous improvement you need. That is so fascinating because people um, often don't believe, Dan, that practice doesn't always make perfect. And I think the, the point you make about the coach 
is so important and so helpful. Well, the um, way Erickson puts it, he says, perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love right. it. Well, one of the things, Dan, and I think, you know, Kathy and I are coaches, and I'm sure you're coaching folks that you're seeing, but on the, on the downside is most leaders, some of the research, this goes back to Ken Blanchard's work, you know, about 87% of leaders fail to give feedback to their folks. So they're not given the, the feedback that you're talking about that we need, you know, in regards to being a top performer because they're distracted. So, so there's we, a huge leadership uh, opportunity there Yes, in starting to give feedback. And, and one of the things a leader could do is get some expert feedback on how to give feedback in the first place. <laughs> now, Dan, in your book you talk about um, many things that I, I love. The empathy triad, of course, is, is one of many. But you talk about the chapter on leaders' triple focus. And what are those key areas for leaders while we're talking about enhancing leadership skills and, and emotional sure. social intelligence? Well, the data here uh, comes actually from uh, pooled, aggregated competence models from more than 200 organizations that I looked at uh, sometime back when I was uh, writing Working with Emotional Intelligence, the follow-up book to Emotional Intelligence. And w- what it showed uh, was that the competencies that we we think of as emotional intelligence, but which are called different things by different organizations, tended to be the differentiators between the star performer, those at the top 10% by whatever metric makes sense for that position, compared to those who are just average. Uh, so it's, it's things like self-awareness, knowing your strengths and your limits, knowing uh, when you need to bring someone else in who's better at, uh, uh, you know, some competence that you're not so good at, for example. That's a mark of a good leader. Or self-management, staying cool under pressure. Because, you know, when things get turbulent, when, when it's rocky, when the business is starting to maybe tank, whatever it may be, that's when everyone looks to the boss, to the leader, to see, uh, well, do I need to panic about this, or is it going to be okay? And if the leader herself or himself is flipping out, that's a bad sign for everyone else. So one of the competencies of star leaders is the ability to manage your own emotions under stress. It's not that you may not get upset, but you recover quickly. That's the mark of resilience. Mm-hmm. So, And that's a, another uh, one of the emotional intelligence competencies that matters so much. Then there's empathy. You mentioned the three kinds. Cognitive empathy, knowing how someone else thinks so you can put things in ways they understand. Emotional empathy, uh, feeling with the other person so you get a sense instantly of whether you're resonating or not. And and then just plain caring, uh, being there for for the people you lead so that they can really trust you. And then you put uh, that all together for uh, the relationship competencies. And and those are the, the inner focus which is a self-management and self-awareness, is one kind of focus that I realize leaders need. Then the other focus, focus on the person in front of you, focus on the people you lead, on your peers, on your own boss, whoever it may be, your clients, your customers. That's absolutely essential for leaders today. The third kind had shown up in competence models. I hadn't paid much attention, but now I 
see it's really key. It's systems awareness, understanding your organization, you know, who, who, how that works as a system. For example, if you need a key decision made, who do you need to persuade? Who's going to be the one to persuade other people? Or the larger systems that impact your organization and your company's future, technological advances, the economy, the environment, whatever it may be. Uh, this systems awareness, this outer awareness, is mm-hmm. also essential for leaders today. So those are the three kind that are right about in focus. And, Dan, I have to say I was so thrilled when I saw a reference to my work that I had done so many years ago on Global Leader, and um, and you included it in the book. I was like, oh, my gosh. Now, <laughs> well, uh, now thank you I'm for really doing somebody. That I have actually been, <laughs> <laughs> been referenced by Daniel Goleman. But those things are so important because, as you know, when we do think about leaders and their focus, to the point you just made, we only think about the inner and the outer. So that third one, you know, mm-hmm. was so key, again, in the global leadership study. Well, uh, so exactly. So including it. And, and without uh, that outer systems awareness, you can't really come up with an effective strategy. Right. One of the things, Dan, that's so uh, poignant in your book, you know, is just talking about BlackBerry and RIM. You know, and, and exactly that, you know, that systems awareness, what was changing in the technology and things that they chose, well, chose to not cast an eye on. And they made a classic mistake, unfortunately, in, in systems awareness. There are two kinds of strategic thinking, really. One is uh, exploitive, where you have a product or a brand that really works for you and you keep tweaking it to make it better and better and, you know, milk more cash out of it. That's pretty much what BlackBerry did for years. And the other is explorative, like exploring the world for new ideas, like Steve Jobs at Apple, you know. Who who knew that we needed an iPod until he showed us one? Now everybody needs an iPhone, iPad, Mm -hmm. iPod. Uh, And he was brilliant at, at at exploring, but... Unfortunately, RIM, the makers of BlackBerry, uh, got stuck in uh, exploiting, and they didn't really notice what the competition was doing. They missed, uh, you know, the iPhone. They missed Samsung, and they missed, more particularly, uh, its implications for their market and what they would have to do to defend themselves. And, and, And so you see what's happened today. Yeah, so that that's huge, and I think you did a really nice job in just uh, explaining that, you know, why it's so important. So as we kind of segue into attention and then the leader's attention, let's say around uh, strategy, because I think Steve Jobs is a, is a good one, you know, the idea, and you can maybe speak to kind of leaders directing attention toward the organization. Uh, you know, I've used that in some of the organization, an entertainment company that I was with, you know, that the leader kind of points out the target. And someone in the audience said, yeah, you know what it's like here? First, it's not a target. It's like a pin needle, and it's always moving. <laughs> well, uh, the uh, a task, fundamental task of a leader is to direct everyone's attention. And part of what that means is clarity about what the goals are. People should know what the target is they're trying to hit. Right. Uh, and uh, if you don't direct attention, it can scatter, it can be confusing. I think that's what your uh, the person was telling you. Right. We're a little confused here. We don't not getting clear uh, feedback from the leader on where we should be going. But that should be something that every leader does. So, in addition to giving us a strategic area of focus, I'm looking at your book right now, and I'm thinking another key leadership competency 
that requires this strong focus and, and emotional intelligence is inspiration and the ability to influence people in the absence of proof, right, that that's where they need to go. Well, you know, in business, you never have proof until yes. you, know, you get the, the CFO's report for the quarter or, or the year. And even then, you may not be able to prove it. It's just a, a hypothetical confirmation for the moment. But, uh, yes, I, I completely agree with you that um, this is what leaders have to do is to direct attention and inspire. And to, do, to inspire, you have to first look within yourself and think, well, what do I actually believe is the direction we should go in? And what's my authentic true north? And having fixed that, then communicate it in a way that it really resonates with the people you're leading. That's where you motivate people. That's where you get the best out of people. Uh, yeah, I love it. We in, in the new book that I'll be coming out with, which hopefully uh, will resonate with a lot of the things that you're talking about today, Dan, we call that next sighting. That's somebody who has the capacity for next sighting. Oh, I like that phrase. Great. Good. So, so one of the things I think, and also you said in your book, I, I like and kind of, you know, how you capture things, that next sight is about stories. And, you know, and, and, uh, it's always great when you can say something in like four or five words, and you said, yeah. you basically said that, you know, stories not only grab your attention, they keep your attention. And I think a lot of leaders probably are not really good story makers. When I think about the best bosses I've had, there were people who told inspiring stories. And, uh, you know, this is what myths are. This is why every culture has myths. Stories guide us. They have implicit values. They have an implicit direction for life, for, for the company. Uh, and uh, uh, telling stories is, I don't think it's a lost art. I think that the best leaders do this naturally. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would agree. And I want you to hold that thought because we're going to be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News, so don't go away. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic plays to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking with Dr. Dan Goldman, his a new book, which you can get on morethansound.net. also has some CD uh, exercises, um, relaxation meditation exercises that I listened to that will, can help you put this to use. So, Dan, we want to talk a little about the other side of, of attention that I would say. You know, when, does a, when and how does a leader need to disengage, um, you know, from all the attention and all the activity, and how would that affect their creativity, maybe their decision-making? Well, I, I don't see it so much as disengaging as uh, switching from one mode of attention to another. Every kind of attention, and there are many varieties, has a purpose. It has a function. So I've been talking so far about the value of concentration, putting your attention where you want it to be, where you need it to be to get the job done, to tune into people, to lead, and so on. But there's another kind of attention, which is actually the exact opposite of that, which has its place and which has its value. That is to let your mind wander, to let it go, uh, as you say, to disengage, but disengage from that active, focused attention, Mm. and let your attention roam. And this turns out to be the best state for creativity, for solving uh, creative problems, for innovation, for insights that are fresh that no one's come up with. But that's not going to happen so much if you're in that tight, focused state, because during that focused state, mind wandering is a distraction. So you need those the time off, you know, your commute home from work, that walk with the dog, the shower, whatever it is, where you can let your, your mind roam, because... Uh, you know, the annals of uh, science and math are rife with stories of people who came up with brilliant solutions to problems they pondered for years during these off moments, and it was because they let their mind wander. And it is so important. I listened to some of your, uh, some of your kind of, med- I call them meditations for focus. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I loved your um, your CD. In fact, I've given copies of it to several people. Oh, great. Um, and I have to say, for those of you who are listening, the last one is so engaging. It helps you think about 
the world in context, people you'll never see, like the people who make the T-shirts that you wear. And I just a, a really short um, applaud for oh, thank you. for your your intensity there, Dan, because I was actually in a place where I was having a service done, and I wasn't really focused on having the service done. I was focused somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And the young lady who was working on me could feel my tension, and she kept saying, please relax, please relax. Oh, is that right? And in the middle of listening to your CD, as uh-huh. I was, all of a sudden, I relaxed. <laughs> and I started thanking her. All I was doing was thanking her oh, for being there and loving oh, her as a person she and recognizing her, and wow. the whole world shifted for me. So How wonderful. It was fabulous. All of a sudden, she changed, and I changed, and I couldn't realize at that moment that it was from the CD. <laughs> <laughs> But That's it was great wonderful. feedback. Thank you, Kathy. Oh, you're welcome. It's such a it's such a joy to listen to them. I had to pass them along. So getting back to our question, here's one for you. This is so typical, Dan. I deal with this all the time in large companies. We hire such fabulous, brilliant analysts, thinkers, computer professionals, and we give these people brilliant systems to work with. And they're distributed. Um, we don't really see them on a regular basis. Many of us work on the good faith that individuals will be experts in their industry. But then along the way, there is unfortunate breakdowns. Uh, there's friction and constant missed deadlines. And we can't understand what's going on with these brilliant people. Well, you know, missed deadlines and friction is, is actually a sign of a kind of organizational attention deficit because... Ideally, people are going to be uh, really attuned to each other, particularly people who need to operate as a team. The star-performing teams have the highest harmony, and they have certain norms for uh, maintaining that harmony. Uh, They, for example, are very aware of each other's strengths and weaknesses, and they let someone step into a role or out of a role as as needed. They don't let... uh, Frictions simmer until they explode. They deal with them, you know, before they become a real problem. They celebrate wins. They have a good time together. This, however, becomes harder and harder uh, if people are working at a distance. If you have people on a team who, first of all, are not really that emotionally intelligent, who don't tune in, it lowers the harmony, but that's exacerbated by uh, a virtual connection, people working on, by email together, on the web together, on a project, but who never see each other face-to-face. That creates a problem which is called cyber disinhibition, technically. What it means is that the parts of the brain that uh, are going, that ordinarily tune into the other person automatically, spontaneously, instantaneously, and tell us, don't say this, do that, and so on, uh, automatically so that we keep things smooth. Those parts of the brain get no feedback online. Hmm. They don't know what to do. So they, they, that, they disinhibit, they give up. And that means that if someone is a little agitated, a little angry, a little frustrated, they're likely to do something or say something uh, which is going to upset another person. I, I had a, a friend, a consultant, who was called in <clears throat> Excuse me, by two uh, tech companies that had a working alliance to develop a new product jointly, and it was getting nowhere because people were, uh, you know, two teams were operating, they're two different companies across town, never saw each other, only sent emails, and communication had really broken down. And it was because of this, his solution was quite simple. 
he got everyone together in a two-day off-site just to get to know each other. And if you know the other person, it can overcome the uh, the distance that the virtual world creates. But if you don't, you're more likely to go down a road that can lead to real trouble. So perhaps, as you say in the book, for those who are listening, and you should read more in the new book, Focus, obviously, um, let's just say that again, it's Focus, the Hidden Driver of Excellence, about what teams can do when they're working virtually to create team norms about self-awareness so that they can get those things set up at the beginning and the end of these meetings where they don't have time to see each other and see how they're responding, but they can talk about it at the beginning and the end of the meeting. That's so wonderful. Yeah, and I think that that's another way that you can uh, be sure that your team is going to operate as effectively as it might. I love it. So, Dan, one of the other things we're talking about effectiveness, you know, um, what what I see, and I'm sure you do too, and Kathy, is to try to get leaders in the organization to work their attention. Typically, it's talking about decision making, you know, so often kind of leading with decision making. And this is where I think the intention and concentration and focus comes is so important. But one of the things that you talk about from another another data source is just the value of kind of the gut reaction. You know, in addition to the Excel spreadsheets and all the data and the facts, maybe you can kind of speak to how that complements decision-making. Well, it's very interesting uh, research. It comes from some neuroscience labs uh, where they've looked at uh, the all the parts of the brain that are involved in decision. And, you know, sometimes in business school, for example, we're taught decision tree logic, which is purely rational. Well, that's the top of the brain. But it turns out that there are neural systems deep in the brain, more ancient systems, that as we go through life, uh, extract decision rules from everything that happens. So when I said that, it worked really well. When I did this, it didn't work so well. And when we face a decision, these systems summate for us our entire life experience mm. and give us what what our whole life tells us is the right answer. And... The problem is that these primitive parts of the brain have no direct connection to the part of the brain that thinks in words. They have a lot of connectivity to the uh, gastrointestinal tract, to the gut. So we get a gut feeling. It feels right. It doesn't feel right. And that's data, too. It's not as though the Excel spreadsheet should be ignored. That's also data. But both of them are important. There are studies that have been done with very successful entrepreneurs where they said, essentially, I look at all the numbers, but if it doesn't feel right, that's a yellow flag for me. And we know also that, um, you know, from many, many years of research, Dan, that entrepreneurs not only have a keen sense of things that we can't necessarily um, describe scientifically, but we also know that they have a very short attention span. I was just working with one over the weekend, and I will tell you, 24 months in the same role is about all they can probably tolerate. And I don't know if you've seen this, but I think their emotional intelligence goes way down after 24 months. <laughs> that I don't know, but you know that uh, attention style you describe says to me that their mind is wandering a lot. Exactly. Which may be why they're good as entrepreneurs, because they come up with great ideas. Yeah, and when they feel constrained, they their their flexibility goes down. Well, they they're not. Their they're, you could say that the brain's not designed to be stuck in the you know a managerial role. Exactly. They yeah. need to roam. Yeah. Well, so 
kind of along those lines, Dan, as far as roaming, you know, with so much going on in the media, you know, and anybody on listening that has kids, you know, exposed to so much going on, um, I want to maybe talk a little bit about multitasking. We're going to go to our last uh, break, but I'll come back and maybe just, you know, what's the current uh, research around multitasking, given that we're all forced to do it more and more. So we're going to go to our last break. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having an engaging conversation with Daniel Goleman, author of Focus. And, Daniel, let's talk a little bit about mindfulness and multitasking. Are they a conundrum here? 
<laughs> well, they're antithetical to each other, that's for sure, because multitasking, uh, where we try to do, you know, juggle many balls at once, and everyone's in this predicament, you're, you're doing one thing, and then you've got that important email, which leads you to that phone call, and then, of course, you've got to text someone, and on and on. Uh, but, but you never get back to that first thing you're trying to do with full concentration. It takes a long time, it turns out, to ramp up again once you get distracted. Multitasking also, by the way, is a fiction. Cognitive scientists say we don't do several things at once. We switch very rapidly. And every time we switch from one thing to another, we lose our momentum on the thing we switched from. So if you're trying to get a project done, you're trying to get a report done, trying to get a memo done, trying to read something, and you all of a sudden get pulled away, it means it's going to take you quite a while to get back to your full attention on that first thing. Mindfulness, on the other hand, is a training in paying full attention to doing one thing at a time and really doing it and noticing when your mind wanders off, noticing when you're starting to get distracted and maybe just saying no for now until you get that thing done. As you're speaking, I'm thinking of all the working mothers who are so... Um, just pressed for time, you know, and how important it is for us to take that mindful moment for ourselves, just the way you described it. And for those of you who missed uh, this earlier in the show, let me give it to you again, www.morethansound.net. Um, Daniel has a wonderful CD. You have to get it. It's called Focus. It's so easy. It's absolutely brilliant. And for those of you who are always being forced to multitask, please pick it up. It is the most wonderful gift you will give yourself this, this entire year. Well, what it basically does, Kathy, is take people through the fundamental exercise in the mental gym. The mind is, and attention particularly, is a muscle. And we can strengthen it the same way when we go to the gym and we do reps with weights. Every time you lift the weight, you're strengthening that muscle. And the muscle of the mind is strengthened through mindfulness. You on the CD, I lead people through a meditation on the breath. And when you start focusing on the breath, your mind is going to wander. That's the way we're wired. Our mind wanders about 50% of the time on average during the day. But the key thing is to notice that it's wandered. We often don't. We just keep wandering. And when you notice, bring it back to the point of focus. It's that movement, that mental movement from where your mind wandered to to going back to where you want it to be that strengthens and uh, the neural connectivity in the circuits for attention. So you're basically sculpting your brain the same way you would, you know, sculpt your biceps. And the more you do it, the better your concentration. So let's say, you're, you know, you're a mom and you've got a zillion things to do, but you want to do each one fully. Or if you're at work, it's, it's a parallel predicament. We all are being distracted continually. But to work at our best, we need to concentrate. You know, there's time for email, there's time for phone calls, times for texts, but we don't have to do it all at once. And if we keep our focus where we need it to be, we'll really work at our best. And I'm, not agree with you more. I'm, I'm sure you're going to get asked these questions, but so how does someone how does someone do that at work? I mean, I know Kathy and myself, we have our own practices, and like, like you have been doing it for ages. But so at, in the work world, you know, how can they, you know, in the five, ten minutes or lunchtime, what could they, what could they do? Well, this and, is the neat thing about mindfulness. You can do it any time. You can uh, remember to do it. 
basically, though, you want to have a session, say, in the morning before you go to work, 10, 20 minutes. That's like going to the gym every day. Right. Then you can call on that full focus, that mindful concentration, as you need it during the day. And you can practice it at lunch. You know, if, you, if you're if you're feeling really agitated, your mind is everywhere. You, you know, you really can't do anything right now. Good time to close the door for two minutes and just watch your breath because it will calm you down. That's another interesting thing they found that the same circuitry that focuses your mind calms upsetting emotions. So you get very calm and clear. I like to, uh, you know, I'm basically a writer these days, and I like to meditate in the morning. And then uh, go write and not take phone calls, not do email and so on until I'm done because of that calm clarity that I find helps me write at my best. And it applies to any work task. You know, and for hopefully our our listeners um, can pick up your CD and try this more. But I know for me, uh, I've been doing this in, since the early 70s, probably like you, yeah, I feel like I'm coming out of the closet more with the executives I'm dealing with just because there's so much literature about the brain and the brain neuroscience. And so what I heard you say, you know, recently, you know, about changing the brain, you know, and now you can change your brain, like you mentioned, even in the shorter elements. I thought you said like in, uh, you know, in 80 minutes or so, maybe you want to talk about some of the well, you know, changing it's, the brain. It's what the same thing as they're finding out with uh, physical exercise. Uh, they used to say, well, you should go to the gym and, and uh, go on a treadmill or go for a walk for 30 minutes to an hour. Now they're saying, oh, you know, if you do 5, 10, 15-minute segments during the day, they add up in the same way. Yeah. And I think it's the same with, uh, with the mental training, too. However, I still think that that fundamental of trying to do a daily 10 minutes, 20 minutes, gives you a foundation of real strength. And the more you do it, uh, over and above during the day, the, the better the effect. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, I'm, I'm the novice here compared to the two of you. <laughs> I've only been meditating for a few years, but I will tell you that having worked with special forces operations for the last couple of years, they use all kinds of centering techniques to deal with the kinds of mindfulness approaches they need to have to their work. And as you can imagine, it's a lifesaver. Technically, and you know, yeah, literally, I'm sure. Exactly, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the other piece, and I know we have some people that have kids on this, um, that I thought was fascinating was just about the breathing buddies and some of the. Well, the, yeah, this is uh, very important. I saw this in a school in Spanish Harlem, which is a very uh, impoverished part of New York City. Seven-year-olds doing mindfulness with little stuffed animals lying on their back and they put it on their belly and when their belly rises, they count one, two, three, and when it falls, one, two, three, and they keep their attention there. And they're doing exactly the same thing we're just talking about. And they're seven years old, which is great because their brains are still developing. So they're strengthening the circuitry, which means they're going to be more ready to learn. But attention is, is the vital capacity for learning. You've got to pay attention to the teacher, to the textbook, to the concept. And the better you can do that, the more your brain will build those mental models on each other that is a sum total of knowledge. So I was really thrilled to see kids in Spanish Harlem doing that. I think it should be in every school. And you also said there are some uh, wonderful approaches uh, schools are using to using actually cartoons to help kids understand the importance of emotional intelligence. So 
Dan, we're coming to the end here, but you also have a CD for, teen, for teens and kids, too. Is that right? Maybe just say a word about that. Well, uh, I, you, <laughs> thank you for asking. Yes, I have one for kids, for teens, and for adults. And the reason is that you need to uh, do this in a developmentally appropriate way. So you can't give a seven-year-old the same instruction you give an adult, uh, nor can you give a, a teen the same instruction you give a seven-year-old. So what we've done is to uh, fine-tune this so that kids in every age range can have access to mental training, to building focus, because they all need it. We all need it. I need it. So this true. Is amazing. Fantastic. This has been such a wonderful experience, and I know we could spend hours talking to you. Dan, again, your book, your new book, Focus, The Hidden Driver of Excellence, um, obviously a must-read, and, of course, your CDs, all available at www.morethansound.net. What else can we share with our audience that might help them understand more? Well, I think it, it's important to understand that you can begin anytime at any age, and there's no reason not to improve your focus. We need it for everything we do, and it's actually quite easy to begin. Mm-hmm. So this is what's so great, Dan, and I really appreciate you taking the time, and, and it's, it's such a great uh, tool, and it is easy actually to do once people do it, and it doesn't take that much time. So in a sense, you, know, you, you hope it's a no-brainer and it can get to where you know, it's against medical advice. If you don't do some kind of mindfulness training and really focus on your on your attention, I agree 100. <laughs> so this is leadership development news. Thank you so much for tuning in to tune up your leadership performance. Remember, we're at excelinstitute.com, where your emotional engagement meets your performance. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Riley. Thanks, Kathy. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers, with your hosts Kathy Greenberg and Riley Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.